Welcome back to another episode of All Things Coffee. Today we're in Colombia and have the privilege to host an extraordinary guest, Mauricio Chittar, the mastermind behind the award-winning Finkelana Grita. With a unique blend of his scientific background and a passion for coffee, Mauricio has been transforming exotic coffee varieties into spectacular award-winning lots. His coffees have gained international acclaim, capturing prestigious awards and gracing championship stages across the globe. In this episode, we dive deep into his unique approach to coffee processing, his journey to the pinnacle of coffee mastery, and his vision behind Finkelana Greer's success. Mauricio, welcome. Oh, thank you. Thanks for, first of all, thanks for being here, coming, uh, portraying not just my farm, but Colombia as a uh, origin for coffee production. Uh, people should come and visit, and most of the things you've heard about our country are not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, we feel very lucky to be here. It's been an amazing time. We've seen the farm and we've seen uh, the amazing work uh, that Mauricio does. And so we'd love to just ask you, uh, how did you get into coffee? Well, actually, I have a um, sad story behind that. My dad wanted to get into coffee around year 1990. And uh, by that time, that the coffee was, let's say, like it, there was a mafia. Like two, three, or four or five families were in charge of coffee in Colombia. No one could get in. And my dad actually got kicked out of the coffee business. So by year 2000, I went to the University of Miami to study um, executive NBA. And as a, as a graduation project, uh, I developed the coffee shop's business. And uh, we actually started the coffee shop business in Colombia with my wife, we were pioneers in that. And uh, being in that, you know, that, that economic circle around coffee, I acknowledged that there was a niche to, to discover and develop. And that is production of a specialty coffee that Colombia has totally neglected up to recent years. Yeah, right. And so, you, what was the cafe called? It was called Cafe Tostion. And we had up to 20 coffee shops in Bogota and we had a franchise in Quito. So it was a prosperous and nice uh, business, but it's complicated due to uh, subtraction of uh, coffee and its products from, the, from our employees. Uh, so my wife got tired of... Uh, uh, inventory and fighting with the girls because uh, things didn't add up uh, so we closed that but it give, gave us the push to start this beautiful farm that we have yeah so tell us the steps that you went through to go from owning a cafe to now owning one of the best farms in Colombia well uh, yeah um, it, it has also a nice story behind that my wife was worried that this is the end of the world, doomsday. So she wanted a piece of land where she could have a cow. You're hearing the roosters and the chicks there. And you could produce whatever you need to, to, to feed yourself just by picking with your hand. Uh, a place where you could have water and sunshine and, well, uh, campesino alive in Colombia. Being uh, the both of us, 
see these licks from Bogota. Um, and I told her, yeah, okay, let's do it. But by chance, a guy won the best of, of Colombia coffee. I don't know if it was a cup of excellence or whatever here in Tolima. So when I heard that, I told her, okay, now you have a business. Now we can make some money on your uh, end of the world uh, doomsday farm. And uh, so we chose the land, but uh, differently than most people do. We chose it uh, uh, with keeping in mind the altitude, the rainfall, the sunshine, everything that we wanted to produce uh, amazing specialty coffees. So land is not by chance. Nothing here is by chance. Mm. So your farm is quite interesting because it's not a very, I guess, conventional looking coffee farm. You know, most people think about farms and they think about very lined up coffee plants. And it's as far as the eye can see, rather your coffee plant is, uh, coffee farm is quite, uh, I don't want to say natural or inhabited by nature. And it's just, it's, I don't know, it's, it's just phenomenal. It's like, it feels like I'm just in the wild. Yes, you're in the wild and that's the whole idea because um, we try to have the coffees grow and produce in the most in the, in the most uh, indigenous way. Um, so as I have told you, we have 200 hectares and of those, just 10% is devoted to coffee growing. 180 hectares, 90% of the farm is indigenous forest, uh, rainforest. Um, and yes, we want this to be as natural as possible. That will protect the varietals to uh, express their DNA in the cup. Uh, we don't want coffees that taste, a geisha that tastes like uh, McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. So you actually have studied uh, some pretty phenomenal things. Can you go on and share a little bit what those things are and how that's uh, impacted the way that you farm? Well, yeah, my background is I'm a doctor. I'm a radiologist and oncologist, and I also studied uh, uh, health administration. I told you about the MBA. Now I'm finishing a master's degree in sustainability and regeneration. But I have studied and read all the literature that I can get my hands on uh, in coffee and in uh, biochemistry, microbiology, food engineering, food industry, everything. And that uh, really allows us to have a scientific approach to coffee growing, coffee production. And uh, now I'm all into sustainability. It's been six years that we've been into that. So we're producing our own fertilizers, our own, we control pests with uh, biological measures. And uh, I'm happy to see that uh, right there, there's another wasp nest uh, because as we don't use, look, and we found one at one Laurina tree there. Uh, we don't use um, pesticides or herbicides or insecticides. So this is as natural and as pristine as it may be. Mm. And you're right. We don't plant the trees like in perfect alignment because it is different it's a different approach uh, a romantic approach to coffee production yeah i love that a romantic approach so you you guys have done this in such a unique way what are some of the things that you've kind of learned as you've developed 
this amazing farm. I'm sure there's been some some highs and some lows. Oh yeah, um, especially climate change. Um, uh, last year we just had one crop. We usually have two because it rained 365. So uh, the income was really low last year, and it's difficult to keep up with all the things we're doing up here. Um, and uh, basically, it's that that has been a burden. Uh, everything else, we have developed our own fertilization system. We have developed our own planting, our own farming, uh, our own processing. It has proven successful, and we have differentiated ourselves from the rest of the pack doing this. Um, we are we try to be socially responsible. We have our workers 365. As long as they want to be here, they have a job. Mm. We don't kick them out. So uh, I feel really happy and comfortable with that. Mm. What do you think would be uh, some tips? If I was going to go and start my own farm, what would be some good tips you think you could recommend uh, for someone looking to start a farm somewhere like this? Well, the first thing that you need to keep in mind, what do you want to do? You want to produce commodities or you want to produce specialty? If you want to produce specialty coffee, the financial burden is is there because uh, fertilizing is completely different. Yeah, well, usually you fertilize commodity coffee three or four times a year. We actually fertilize here nine to ten times a year. And that I like extrapolated from from our own organisms as a doctor because you have at least three meals a day. Mm. Why should you starve to death? Well, not to death, but most, most, almost to death your coffee trees. So if you fertilize January by March, they're basically starving. Mm. And you are, why don't I produce 90 points coffee? Obviously, they don't have food to thrive on. Uh, so the first thing is decide what you want to do. If you decide to go to specialty, you know what you're getting into. If you want to go uh, commodity, probably this altitude is not good because the yield is low. So you need to plan differently. Go to 1,200, 1, 1,300 meters above sea level. That will give you high yield. That will give you commodity coffee. Mm. So tell us a little bit about that altitude. How does altitude affect coffee? Well, um, first of all, it improves quality, especially because these extreme conditions will make the tree work harder. Okay, so it takes five years for us to start production. Uh, so we get a lower yield, but bigger and sweeter coffee. Bigger cherries, bigger bins, sweet beans because uh, in response to these extreme conditions the tree will produce more sugar for the cherry uh, so it's quite difficult to produce at this altitude uh, we start actually at 1800 meters above sea level where we're sitting right now and we have planted the highest 2350 but those lots are have been planted for four years and they're just 1.2 meters tall. And that's geisha and it should be at least two or two, two point something meters tall. And they should be starting to try to produce. They're just taking their time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, because there is a max altitude, correct, to growing coffee. Well, right now it's 2350 for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. Yeah, because yeah, there is that kind of like golden zone for growing specialty coffee. Yeah, well, but I don't know, 20 years ago, no one, no one in his wildest dreams would have thought that crazy doctor would have planted coffee at 2350. No one, basically mm. no one. Now it's usual. Now people are going higher. Um, and uh, probably next year with this uh, uh, high, higher temperatures, I will try to go to 24 or 2450. Uh, and let's see what happens. Here everything is experimentation in our farm. So trial and error. Who knows? Probably we'll get an amazing gay shop there, an amazing, I don't know, Bourbon Cidra or something. See, Finca La Negrita is definitely well known for its innovation, its experimentation. Can you share with, you know, some of us, some of those things that you've believed have been really successful or yeah, some of those experiments you like, this has transformed my coffee? Well, first experiment that we did was planting. Uh, we used the usual planting uh, according to the FNC uh, standards and we discovered that that wasn't good so we started planting different so i'm going from the beginning then farming we changed we developed our own pruning and stumping system uh which helps improve the the health of the trees we have 11 year old trees that you see they're green and they're in production they're perfect they look just like younger the young guys and Then fertilization, we developed our own fertilization system and we're actually producing our own organic uh, fertilizer in-house. We have large composting tanks where we use all the organic residues that this humongous farm produces. And from there on, a lot of experimentation is done in processing. Uh, I want to be keen in one thing, we never infuse, we never use artificial things because coffee per se is one of the most complex and beautiful products that our nature has. So we experiment a lot, two or three times per week for six years. That's around 800 to 1,000 different profiles that we have developed since we started this journey into experimentation. Wow. And you guys have quite a few varietals here as well, correct? Uh, 36 right now planted, 20 in production. Wow. That's phenomenal. Yeah, that's a lot. And that's that's brain picking because each one that a new new varietal comes in, the first thing I do is that I produce a basic wash coffee so you can really taste what you're producing here with that varietal. And from there on, it's experimentation, experimentation to reach to, to, reach to the point that this coffee is expressing itself perfectly. Mm. What have you found that's, you know, allowed you to get that highest quality coffee? Because really, at the end of the day, we, we are very proud to be a partner of yours. Uh, but we do believe you are, if not the best producer in Colombia. Well, what do you think? What's the secret? Uh, um, control, controllability. Uh, you saw Marielita handpicking the coffee mm. every day, twice, morning and afternoon. Uh, for six to eight weeks. That's a hundred times she handpicks the coffee. And we 
everything is controlled, everything is thriving for perfection. And when you thrive or you look for perfection, if you come short, you're almost there. But if you you try to get 80 or 70% and you come short, that's 50%. If you try to get 100% and you come short, that's 90-something, that's good. Uh, and that's everything with, with people, with coffee, with fertilizing, with being respectful and nice with the ecosystems. That's the basic difference. Um, uh, respecting nature and growing part of it, uh, that really pays back. Mm. Yeah, consistency is such a big thing, isn't it? <clears throat> yep. Because, being well, consistent and being you, controlled. Uh, Campos has been our ally, our good friend, and you actually believed in us when no one knew us. Uh, but year after year, we have been uh, sending, delivering same quality for you. Uh, most of the time, where you're, uh, I, I know that you have like an in house decision on which coffee is the best. And most, it's like two or three times that we have won that are the best coffee that you have bought is our coffee. And that's you, the, the people inside the company. That is, wow, because you're a coffee people, you're buying coffees from Africa, Central America, and having you tell us that it's the best coffee, that's the perfect price. Yeah, I would have to re-clarify, if, if, or not re-clarify, I'd have to double check. Uh, but I do remember, if it wasn't this year, but it was definitely last year, you were the winner. Uh, and it's a very contentious poll in our, in our company. We uh, release a lot of coffees from around the world. Uh, and it's a very uh, well spoken. We we chat, we debate. People argue. People uh, really get into trying to make sure that their favourite coffee uh, is uh, brought people behind them to go. Yeah, jump on my favourite coffee because it is. It's like one of those things that every year we get excited about trying to determine which one's the favourite. And I do believe. I think you have been at least a two-time winner. But you know, that's being part of your family. Yes. Wow. That's because it's, it's something that you have here. And uh, obviously when, when you're brewing, when where you're producing an espresso and you really love the coffee that you're using, that will come through the customer and he will love the coffee as well. Uh, and uh, that's, that's, that's really important that we have become a family with you. Lloyd has been here five or six times and you saw uh, the administrator here as soon as he saw him, they hugged him because it's you grown together, you've grown in us. And uh, that's also really important for coffee production. Um, that is why I promote a lot origin trips for you guys. And for some of us producers that can, origin comes to you. So it's important to go to, to your place and the people that work there and the customers can touch you and feel you. Oh, you're real. Let's hear about your stories. So that is really important. Uh, one of my favorite things about coming to uh, Colombia was that there's so many coffees that we see uh, come through a Campos Coffee and we see the names on the bags and 
we we grow to love them and we grow to come familiar and almost as extent we kind of come like oh I, just, I can't wait for that to come again around next year and it's so good to put the face to the name on the bag and it just really makes you go oh I can't wait for her to go back home and have that coffee and then reminisce of my time here with you guys it is very special and I I'm sure it will taste better because now you got a hold on what you, you, you experimented yourself what coffee production is in La Negrita or wherever you were this whole week that you've been in our beautiful country. That Now you, you, you've heard the birds, probably you got stung by something and uh, you got to take a cold shower because there was no hot water or whatever and you had to eat. Well, we actually had a tinto... Uh, a couple of hours ago, I, you told me to have some. I don't know. Thank you. But you, you, you tasted terrible coffee, and you have tasted amazing, beautiful coffees from Colombia. So that will change the way you see and perceive the product. One hundred percent. That is definitely the way it feels. It's you get this connection, which is beautiful. Exactly, it's a connection. And um, when you come back next year, in a couple of years. You'll see how we have evolved, how we have changed. Actually, Lloyd, wow, this is new, this is new. That is a lot of what we do. Uh, everything these farm producers, we put back in. Well, we actually don't use that much of the income for ourselves. But I think we're still in the growth stage of this farm. Uh, yes. Next project is Bioreactor, where I'm going to isolate and produce my own bacterias. Um, indigenous bacterias that I have already isolated from the environment in Finca La Negrita. It's a really expensive project, but it's, it's coming. I have already quoted the machine and I'm waiting for uh, the bank to lease it. So I uh, think by the beginning of next year, we will be producing a control environment because a lot of people produce their own yeasts, but they don't. It's impossible to be sure the amount, the quality of the of the strain you're using, or the size of the strain you're using. So the next big project will be that by January we will be producing our own microorganisms for ferment controlled fermentation. Yeah. So can you explain that a little bit more to uh, some of our? Uh, people out there that might not understand what that is uh, how does that got anything to do with coffee well actually the 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 responsibles for the agent responsible for coffee fermentations are microorganisms uh, so when you are fermenting a washed coffee to get rid of the mucilage or when you have a honey where you are keeping the mucilage within or when you have a, a natural uh, it's basically fermenting it's not the actual correct name to use fermentation, but uh, it is metabolizing. Microorganisms are metabolizing those nutrients that are present there for their survival. Um, but most of the time, it is performed worldwide without control. You saw our dark room where we perform our fermentation process. It's as controlled as I can do it. So the next stage is to have those microorganisms, my own microorganisms, like Chata microorganisms, 
performing the fermentation. Um, I cannot tell them what to do, but if I give them the perfect conditions f for them to work in the best environment, they will do as desired and expected. Uh, no one can, for the moment, direct microorganisms to do whatever they want. Um, scientists have developed some microorganisms with a specific function that's different. But the wild microorganisms that we still have, they just do whatever they want in the perfect environment. They will do as expected. Mm. Wow. That's really exciting for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's the next real huge leap forward. Um because that will allow us to get to the point of one of my dreams is really specific tailor-made coffees. Right now, Campos Natural Red Geisha, it's just Campos. I change a small variable here and there to change uh, what a Red Geisha will be for another of our customers. But with this, for example, this strain will be named Campos Strain. And it will be just used for compost coffee and so on and so forth. That will be the, I don't know, the holy grail of, co of coffee fermentation. Wow. That is amazing. That is actually mind-blowing <clears throat> as I kind of sit in that and think about that. So what do you think then is, I guess, the future for Colombian coffee in general? What, what do you see the future for... Uh, all the things that, that's going to be happening here in the next few years? Well, um, as long as we keep a good and steady price <clears throat> for the commodities, that will make it feasible for Colombian coffee to keep on running. If the price drops, so substitution for another crop will be imminent because people are barely making it. Uh, people are not probably they can put food on their table with coffee production. So the future is uh, for 98% of the coffee producers in Colombia is to keep a good price. And that puts the ball on you guys, roasters, buyers, uh, exporters, importers, brokers, to be aware that 90-something percent of the coffee growers in the world need a higher price higher higher prices in order to keep coffee running uh the future for specialty coffee in colombia is bright because uh, successful stories such as ours are is luring in new new people into the um specialty coffee production mm. uh but i'm worried for the people down there not for us because fortunately enough most of the high-end product high-end coffee product producers in colombia are doing quite well mm. but the rest of the people are not in the best of their shapes yeah it's definitely about trying to bring up that quality <clears throat> or that ability to pay for a greater price i feel like that's we've been noticing that a lot as we've traveled around colombia is that especially coffee needs to be one of the main goals of getting people higher scoring coffee so we can pay they can get paid more price a better price for that coffee and at the end of the day profitability is going to be sustainability 
And I think that's something that we've noticed here is that there is a lot of effort and a lot of uh, hands and sweat and tears and blood that's been put into coffee. It's it's these hills that these guys are picking on are steep and uh, the way they pick it, they process it, they ship it, they then have to put on ships and then that's come back to our roasteries and our roasteries and roast it then they pack it and they ship. It is quite a journey to get that one cup of coffee and it is important for us to kind of keep on sharing the story of the efforts and the love and care that's been put in this coffee so that people understand that we do need to pay more for this coffee because it is so much work to get that cup of coffee into your hands. Well, yeah, for this past two years after pandemia, prices were high because logistics were complicated because uh, with the war in Ukraine, uh, fertilizers really double or triple its price. Uh, so... For the past two years, we have seen the commodity producers in Colombia happy. They're, they're thriving. They're living la vida loca because now they have double or triple the price. But now it's starting to go back to its usual. And that's where we need as, uh, as responsible uh, people and people that are in a different um I don't know how to say it, like different paradise um, to help those that aren't in the paradise that we're living. Mm. Uh, or else cacao will take over mm. or uh, I don't know, tea. There's a lot of uh, interesting uh, products out there that can substitute coffee. Mm. Uh, not for us coffee lovers, but a good tea will help or a good uh, Chocolate will help. Um, and uh, we're seeing here people in Colombia, youngsters, moving out of the farm. Because mm. they're, they're tired of seeing their parents for ages just barely making it. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I think uh, we should be like crusaders. Uh, and this crusade is on helping people. And uh, I've been on my own crusade trying to improve uh, how producers Im improve their quality. And I've been successful, not as successful as I would want because I don't have the time or the means to reach more people. But uh, uh, the, the people that we have been able to 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 reach and to s explain and attend my seminars they have improved their quality and they have improved uh, uh, their income dramatically mm. so you've got an amazing farm you've got amazing coffee uh, what would be your one you know bit of advice or life tip that you've lived by that you'd like to maybe share with some of our team. That's kind of a way that we finish up a lot of our podcasts. We kind of ask, what's that one thing or that one saying that you go, this this is what I live by to make my life better? Well, uh, actually, it's the love to things. Well, here I have my partner in life, La Negrita. <laughs> and uh, it's it's the love of doing something. It's not... It's not the money, it's not the recognition, it's not the fame. 
Not at all. It's doing things with, with love, with passion, with romanticism. Um, and when I put my eye on doing something, the target is there, I will get there. But I won't run over no one. And I basically try to have the people that I love nearby. Uh, my workers are people that I love uh, because they're doing the hard job here. This is beautiful. We're sitting here. After this, we're going to have a nice lunch. They're still working there. If it starts raining, they have to pick or they have to weed or whatever, whatever they're doing. So it's just like passion and love for things. Mm. I really see that here. I see the way that you treat your, your staff and uh, the way that you look after your farm and the passion that you have for everything you do. I think it is. It is a thing that we we definitely can notice that you have a deep, deep love for coffee and for the people and for the community that you live in. And I think that's very special. Well, yes, I, I'm actually starting a new farm in Quindío, Genoa. And I got there uh, a year ago. And uh, by chance, I had the possibility to visit the retirement home. And it was shocking. It was like, oh, man, how can old guys live like this? So uh, we started and we rebuilt restrooms, bathrooms. Now we're rebuilding their rooms. Uh, that is what really pays off this hard job, mm. being able to help peoples in need. That is what really pays off. And uh, actually, I enjoy the traveling. I enjoy meeting enjoy a lot meeting people like yourselves most of the people i think 99.5 percent of people in coffee are amazing people so we really enjoy it and um, uh, i think um, it's one of the i don't know prettiest nicest i don't know how to uh, describe it business that i have been in contact or have, that I have known or that I have gotten involved in. Mm, totally. Well, this sitting here in the lush forests of Colombia with birds chirping and butterflies flying around our heads and the smell of, you know, just fresh blossoming uh, flowers. It, it is pretty spectacular yep. and it's something to say like, hey, what a beautiful uh, workplace. Yeah, well, I live in Bogota, but every time I need to cleanse, I come here and I walk through the farm and uh, it's like you, you're out of here like you're a new guy. Like, oh man, I'm reborn <laughs> uh, because that's, it's true. And uh, I usually, years before I was really afraid of bugs because in Bogota there are no bugs. It's so high. Uh, and now I like, I get stung, bitten, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, that's the usual, that's normal. Uh, but it's beautiful to be here. Many thanks for coming. Mi casa, su casa. Please return back here, visit us. Uh, it's really important for our workers as well or to see you guys here because it, it shows them that we're doing the, the job. Mm -hmm. We're having the job done. And you're coming here to visit because you want to know what, how how come this product from far away it's going to be like a day and a half for you to get back home mm -hmm. reaches here our stores and we enjoy it so it's really emotional for them as it is for us 
Mm. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to be here. I feel like we're the ones being, you know, the lucky ones to be here and to see it all. So we really do appreciate your hospitality. Thanks for jumping on our podcast and hopefully we'll see you very soon. Yes, yes, sir. And uh, again, many thanks to Campos. You have supported us for years. And um, yeah, um, I think we're going to keep on thriving to be better and better. I hope you acknowledge that when you cup our coffees. Many thanks. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of All Things Coffee. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to rate us or leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, hit that follow button so you never miss a future episode. I'm your host, Alex, and until next time, happy brewing.